Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. everybody, welcome to another episode of Serious Issues. Um, I regret saying hey everybody already. <laughs> My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. One of us, on top of the world, <laughs> uh, a vision of health. <laughs> I just sound very sexy now. Um, and I'm looking forward to no high-pitched Siobhan laughs. I think. Uh, I yeah, think- I literally, I can't laugh. I'll cough. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll cough and I'll throw up. I'm sorry. Uh, so you can give your ears a break this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the limit is on my uh, editing software. We'll have a, have a, have a holiday for a, this episode. Um, hey, what's going on? Every single episode of Serious Issues. Uh, we read all the comics that came out last week, or most of them. Let you know which the ones you should be reading too. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the comics that we talk about on the show, we get from the very good people at King's Comics, a place that employs both myself and Siobhan. Siobhan Hello. in a far more official capacity than myself. I'm the marketing manager. I'm um, just the beloved uh, guy. Yeah, that's what it says. That's the head. official title. <laughs> beloved guy. Beloved guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, yeah, we uh, all all the comics come from Kings, which you can find um, for the time being. Yes. At 310 Pitt Street, mm-hmm. Sydney. I feel like I only just learnt that address. Yeah, I know. And now I've got to forget it. Forget it um, forever. Yeah, but uh, we're, we're, Kings is moving. Yes. But you'll always be able to find Kings Comics uh, at kingscomics.com where you can find every single comic that we talk about on the episode, plus incredible bargains and blasts from the pasts. Yes. It's good shit being uploaded from the warehouse all the time. If you love comics, head over there. If you love comics, well, let me tell you, you found the right podcast. Absolutely. Because if you don't we, love comics, what the fuck are you doing here? We at the very least like them. <laughs> Depending on the week um, and how many we uh, decide to force upon our brains. Um, this week, a moderately good uh, amount. I think yeah. I read it. within the 20s. As long as I keep it in the 20s. As soon as you go over 30, um, when I go 30, I start developing a Twitch. Yeah. Over 40, and I'm like, fuck comics. This yeah. is the worst medium. What were they thinking? <laughs> and if I read like 20 or so singles, like new singles, I still have time to like read something else that I actually enjoy. <laughs> Like we said, we like comics. <laughs> we start every episode of Serious Issues by uh, going in to First Things First. But before I do that, I just want to let everybody know at the top of the episode that if you would want to support the show and in reward for supporting the show, get prizes. Prizes Ooh. in the form of bonus episodes that we've yes. recorded and uploaded Here's to our Patreon. Prize. We have a Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. The most recent bonus episode we recorded on there was a spoiler cast for the excellent series Saga by mm-hmm. Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples. A whole hour of Saga discussion um, where we go full into, st- into spoilers. I go through every single death in the series and we talk about how that affected us Doesn't emotionally. Doesn't that sound fun? 
It was really fun. It was fun. I cried. Yeah, that was it was, really be- it was a beautiful experience. He's a um, big baby. The month before that, we did a uh, Kill or Be Killed podcast um, mm-hmm. by um, another writer whose Brian, name is Ed uh, Brubaker. Brubaker. I was, I was like, going to say Brian. Brian, Brian Brubaker. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips and Elizabeth Brightweiser did that incredible crime series, which also re- wrapped up recently. Um, and uh, we did a spoiler class about that too. You can find them both and many other bonus episodes over at patreon.com slash podcast. And as soon as Siobhan gets her voice back and it can can do more than one episode yeah. a week, we'll do a uh, what the other things we've been reading. Because while I've not read that many things, Siobhan has read tons of things. Yeah, I don't know why. That's great. I can't it's wait good. to hear, hear get, get get caught up on all the things that I should have been reading instead of all these goddamn singles. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. First things first is the name of our opening segment of every single episode where we review all the new number one issues that stay up, that came out last week. Um, and we go through uh, publisher by publisher, starting with DC, or in this case, their new imprint, Jinx World. I missed this. Oh, you said last week. I know. Yes, please. Okay, do you know what happened this week is that um, <laughs> I was too sick to come into work on Thursday and Friday. I, like, slept all day Thursday, Friday. And um, the lovely Nate, my lovely boyfriend Nate, had to come in and pick up the comics Canonically lovely me. Nate. So... I got the most insane package yeah, of comics. He got me like a hundred comics. I had to be like, I don't read sixty percent of these, and he definitely missed things. That's an enormous bag. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to fucking bring them all back in. This today is on, on the bus. you though, because for two years I have Look, emailed in yes. advance to Jim from Kings. These are the books that I would like to read this week. He, it's a could, fair point. You could also say, Hey, Jim. I want these as well. No. <laughs> I could just say times two on it. No, no way. You, you have to go. I, you're so old school. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we could just do times two. I see. Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to do that? Jim, no. can we times two from now on? No, because then I'll have to read all the dumb ones that you read that I don't read. Times two the work for me. Oh, yeah. Fuck. We wouldn't want to make Jim do any work. <laughs> well, anyway, the first uh, comment we're going to talk about in First Things First is, or I'm going to talk about. All right, tell me about it. I purposely picked this one because if I it went with Marvel, you Hilarious. haven't read that one either. Because <laughs> I, I, I got here with you and, and the first thing I saw was you saying, I'm not reading this. Yeah, no, fuck that. Pearl is the name of a new series by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gados, um, the creators of Jessica Jones, aka Alias. Um, and uh, yeah, Pearl is uh, the, the first series from Jinx World, which is... Has it always been, Jim? Has has Jinx World existed as an imprint elsewhere before now, or Brian Bendis just put out his comics somewhere else? No, it started with his, uh, icon. Creator own stuff. Yeah, so he he he's been doing Icon. He released his comics through Icon years ago, yeah. then through Image. Now it's all under DC. Jinx World is now a, G, a DC imprint. So we have Pearl, which is a um, a comic about a girl with a very very expensive tattoo, who um, while while out on the town, someone recognizes uh, the tattoo as an Iriguchi original, oh and my um, you know he he's clearly a man of, of of tattoo taste if he's able to pick that. Um, mm. He knows that that what she has on her arm is special; it's a spider tattoo, and she knows that that guy is special for being able to pick that. Then suddenly, crime happens. Whoa! Organized crime. Oh my goodness! And it turns out that um, the girl they with the tattoo, the girl with the tattoo. Um, it ha- has links to the underworld, the crime underworld, and after um, uh, a you know a, a, a gang fight, um, it, she's, she she finds herself in the middle of a gang fight, which goes awry. She is tasked with having to kill everyone involved, um, which may or may not include the boy who picked Liked her tattoo. Her tattoo. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a simple concept that's told 
like you know how we're like oh these these recent um, Superman issues aren't particularly Bendisy. Mm. He saved up all that Bendisy shit and, and crammed it into this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is enough in these pages to make me curious to see where this series goes. But Siobhan, even though maybe my incredible description was not enough to win you over to potentially reading this, uh, what is great about this is that without telling anybody a surprise in the back matter. Is uh, did you know this little tidbit that no. Brian Bendis actually wrote a Batman story before he signed exclusivity <laughs> to uh, Marvel? Um, <laughs> it's it's very very hard to get your hands on. Um, he did it in uh, the issue twenty one of the Batman Chronicles, cool. and I've I knew about this, but I never I've never read it. Um, in fact, I hosted a Batman trivia night at my nightclub mm. a few years ago. I and one, one of the I questions lost. I came second. Oh really? Yeah, it's still losing. Yeah, it was losing. Um, I but, knew the guy who won. He's a piece of shit. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Possibly a listener too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't care. Um, and uh, anyway, the um, one of the questions was, which of these writers has never written a Batman book before? <clears throat> and the one that I thought everyone, like I, I knew everyone would, would choose, I put Brian Bendis in there, knowing that he had written this very obscure mm. book. But the, the correct answer was actually Jonathan Hickman. <clears throat> but anyway, Batman has been written by Bendis in the past, um, featuring art by Michael Gados as well, who's the artist on this book. Um, and, uh, wow, I like that art so much more than what he's doing now. I really, I totally agree with you. Um, it's, it's That's so cool. Excellently, like, penciled black and white art. Gorgeous. The, the whole thing is a um, tribute to Citizen Kane. It's called Citizen Wayne. Yes, please. In which um, Bruce Wayne's dying words are Rosebud. And uh, reporter, that's too much of a tribute. Reporter Clark Kent is trying to get to the okay. bottom of what Rosebud is. And he interviews um, Alfred and um, Dick Grayson and um, Selena Kyle <laughs> and the Joker in the hope to try and find out what it is. Do you want to know what, what Rosebud turns out to be? What does it turn out to Rosebud be? is the gun that killed oh. his parents. It was etched oh. into the side of the gun. Well, that sucks. Yeah, but it's, it's a pretty good little story. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, a no, retelling but, of yeah. someone else's story, but not as good. No, no, but here's the thing. So every winter, um, when before he had lots of money, Bruce used to go to the snow and would slide down the slopes of snow on the gun, which is called Rosebud. <laughs> Pearl, um, a really, really cool little surprise, having that little Batman strip, which I enjoyed a lot more than the actual story itself, but I will give another another issue of this a shot. Okay. Because I generally do like Bendis' kind of creator-owned stuff. Hmm. There is a little bit of like edgy for edgy sake in uh, his yeah. dialogue. Um, especially when he's writing women. I like, know, I get a little bit tired of his female characters. They're just so relentlessly this is a, tough. The main the main character is not, which okay. I think you might enjoy. This mm. is, it, it's not just like, yeah, like tough girl Jessica Jones or mm. the girl from Powers or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I just love whiskey and guns and <laughs> swearing. Um, so that's shitting Pearl. in toilets. That's right. As opposed to where, where do you do your majority of your shitting? <laughs> in the sink, like <laughs> normal people. Sorry, that's I'm why sorry, you're sick. I'm so tired. That's why you're sick, Siobhan. All that, yeah, that sink shitting. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about uh, Image this week put out a number one called Crowded, which is written by Christopher Sabella, who uh, we recently enjoyed a new series he started over at Image, Shanghai Red. Yes. He wrote that one. Uh, but here he is joined by creators Rose Stein, Ted Brandt, Triona Farrell, and Cardinal Ray. Oh, good name, Cardinal Ray. Yeah, very good. Um, and uh, good lettering as well, Cardinal Ray. Um so this book is a kind of hard and fast crime comedy caper Yes. in which uh, you can, much like uh, very, very intelligent people, choose to support uh, creators they like by signing up to their Patreon. You know what? The Patreon money actually saved my life this week. Oh, really? Because I was too sick to move. And so I um, paid for Uber Eats to bring chicken soup to my house. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. 
Genuinely. <laughs> that's all I ate that day. Um, sick is the worst. But in this world uh, that the crowded is set in, you can, um, if enough people back, I guess it's more, more, more comparable to like Kickstarter, you can, everyone can back uh, like a hit like to a be taken one. out on, so- on, on someone. That's a pretty funny idea. Yeah, a really, really clever concept. And um, basically a, a girl who thinks herself very innocent um, hires someone who is a, you know, while sloppy at his or her job, I couldn't tell her. her. Yeah. Uh, her, her job is, you know, everyone everyone who hires her to say, to keep them safe lives to uh, give her a bad rating afterwards. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and I, while this was a little too fast and like, joke packed and not all the jokes hit um i actually really enjoyed this enough to definitely keep reading it yeah i was like okay you're very clever i see what you're doing here but it was actually pretty fun and the characters are pretty well-rounded um and the art's like lovely and very dynamic and it um suits the fast-paced storytelling yeah so now we're like i'm like two for two recently of uh uh you know reading these new christopher sabella books having already thought myself as not a fan of his work in general and i like his how he's more recent books so yeah absolutely at least the first issue yeah definitely <laughs> so who knows if we how much how long we stick, stick on it but if you uh like a the idea of a kind of like a crime comedy with mm-hmm. uh, tons of jokes and uh, two pretty funny main characters that are very different and a cute little dog chihuahua cute little dog little dog um give crowded a shot up through image at the moment marvel put out three number ones this week and i bet you siobhan only read one of them I, uh, I read two you just didn't read one of them oh wow well, so. four number ones this week god damn so. All right, well, yeah. let, let's talk about Edge of Spider-Geddon. Um, Edge of Spider-Geddon is another series uh, similar to the Edge of Venomverse books that we got last year. Yeah, I would say it has more in common with the um, Spider-Verse. Do we get Edge Same of Spider-Verse shit, as well? Yeah, so Edge I guess, of okay, sure. Yeah. All right, so I, I wasn't reading all those because we didn't have the podcast then, I don't think. I think we did. Oh, anyway, I'm sure, I think you did read them. Shit. It doesn't matter. I just remember the, the Edge of Venomverse being these fun little one-shots. Yes. Um, written by different creators, featuring like alternate versions of Venom throughout mm-hmm. the multiverse. And yes. Cy Spurrier did a great one of Ghost Rider Venom. Yeah, that was good. That was a really good issue. Um, and now we're getting that again with Sp- Edge of Spider-Geddon. And we have, I guess we're getting a, a, an event soon called Spider-Geddon, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. seems to be a sequel to Spider-Verse, I guess. Yep. Um, in which all the multiverse of spiders get together to not die together or something. Um, I just like these more than I, like, I look at the concept and I'm like, oh, shut up. Marvel Comics, I hate you, but then I like them. They're good. Yeah, so this They're is silly. this uh, this this one is a little one shot featuring Spider Punk. Yes, please. Is he a character that already existed? Uh, he was a character that showed up in the Spider Verse books. Okay, sure. All right, so we're getting like a kind of more fleshed Hobie. out. What's that? Is his name Hobie? Hobie, yeah, Hobart Hobie Brown. Good um, name. Oh, there you go. You're right. Here he is. He was right. He defeated Norman Osborn, the oppressive U.S. president of Earth One Three Eight before he was handpicked by Superior Spider-Man to join his spider army, opposing the Inheritors. Good fun. He's the anarchic Spider-Man. Um, good, good. I yeah, like it. But uh, So basically, he is, uh, he's visited by Kang in this, uh, early on in this, in this one shot. Um, and Kang has come back to let him know that he is in violation of the copyright that he mm-hmm. has taken out on the, 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 his like, likeness as spider, Spider-Punk mm-hmm. many years into the future. And he um, attacks him with lots of tiny, like, spider-punk sumsums. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favourite bit, where they're like all going, fight chibi, the power. <laughs> chibi spider-punks. Um, and so spider-punk um, uh, enlists the, the help of Captain Anarchy, who is uh, a captain. Anarchist Captain America, obviously. Yep, obviously. Yep. Great. Uh, God, I love this shit. And, so funny. And Captain Anarchy is very upset that, um, they're not, that, that Kang hasn't come after him because he f- figures out that he 
isn't a popular hero in the future. And um, Spider-Punk learns that the only reason he's popular is because, like so many other uh, idolized uh, young people, they died when they were young. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in order to save himself from being killed, he uh, uploads a mixtape to uh, the Bruce Banner of this universe, which turns him into a Hulk hunk. Hulk, sorry, a Hulk punk. <laughs> yeah, called Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb. Um, Come on, guys. What more do you fucking want? It's really, really fun. Excellent. So I didn't even say who it was written. And, um, but it was written by Jed McKay, who I'm not familiar with at all. But I am familiar with the pencil Ella and Inca, um, Gerardo Sandoval, and oh. uh, colorist Brian Reber. Sandoval um, work? He did some Venom stuff yep. last year, I think. Um, and he's yes. some play other things. But yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It reminds me a little bit of um, like a more 90s pencilier kind of uh, Ron Wimbley. Yep, for sure. Um, throughout um, the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was just fun. It was, it Ron Wembley is selling his pages from um, the She-Hulk issues that he did. Really? Yeah. For like 400 bucks each. So affordable. Guys, check them out. You gonna get one? No. You gotta get that, that, that kind of friends discount? Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're always like, hey, discount. And he's like, haha, no. No, this is how, <laughs> like, he, this is how I live. <laughs> um, anyway, you should check that out, guys, because his pages are amazing. Um, but I really like this. It's very silly. The next issue has that like Japanese mech spider, spider girl. Yeah, yes, and, and then uh, Jason Latour has done one soon. I see he, he teased on his Instagram, which is Spider Ben, which is uh, yes. Uncle Ben as Spider Man. Good. You know, it's just it's like a fun little concept, and it's only one issue. And exactly. It's, it's a way to do this it kind of story. It just exists like by itself, and it's silly, and it's just good. And then the actual event happens, and you're like, oh, I like those weird one shots way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be serious. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so go give uh, the Edge of Spider get a number one a shot. I imagine there's, if you like fun little Elseworlds versions of uh, your favorite Super Spider hero, go check this one out. Absolutely. Uh, so Extermination is the name of uh, the big new X Men epic, um, which uh, has been written by Ed Brisson, with art by Pepe Larraz and colors by Marty Gracia. You love his name. Just a good name. It's a great name. He just is the Peppy part. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a uh, a book about the original X team. Oh God. Finally dying. So good at the start of his X Men run, Brian Michael Bendis brought back the original five X Men. It was fun them, for like three issues, and then it's that that was like six or seven years ago now. Yeah, uh, and they're still around. They're still being used. They still have multiple spin off titles. There are two versions of most X heroes uh, in the Marvel universe at the moment, and this is the event that finally sends them to the grave. Really? Or back to their? No, I mean, well, like, well. There's a lot of death in this book. Okay. Do you want to know who dies? Yes, please. Okay, spoilers for the extermination event, but I'm just going to give you a, a spoiler for your life. Yeah. If you care about X-Men dying... Um, you like, have some problems. Not problems, just like like it's a big world out there. X-Men die every second. Every single day. And then every they, time come, I and they come back the next day. And X-Men dies. Um, yeah. uh, so we're going to go into some spoilers. In this book, the first death is um, the Bloodstorm, the alternate version of Aurora. Aurora, who's been dating Cyclops, um, the young Cyclops. So she gets poor old vampire teen Storm. Yep, she gets a a, a stake through the heart and dies. Classic. Um, And then um, after he tries to save um, Bobby, aka Iceman, Cable is killed. But by young Cable, I skipped to the last page. By a young version of himself. Um, and uh, and Bobby Iceman is MIA. He actually is he's seen at the end of this issue in like a stasis chamber, which I imagine Cable is using to send him back in time. Well, good job, Cable. It's about so, fucking time. So on one hand, this this series looks like it's going to send all of the old X Men back into a time or to a grave, or and also it's going to uh, make Cable sexy now. Yes, please. So yeah. Uh, what do you mean, make Cable sexy? Sorry, young. <laughs> make Cable young. <laughs> um. 
I've flicked through this to see if I could be fucked reading it. And it turns out I couldn't. And I, I saw the one panel where Jean Grey, they were like, ah, oh, Cable died. And Jean Grey was like, my son. <laughs> Jean Grey, you've literally never been a mother to Cable. <laughs> Chill out. Um, okay, mum. Settle down. <laughs> uh, I thought this was like dumb but fun and Ed Brisson like matched all the like the it was you know it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a dumb X-Men event if you're in the right mood for it this this scratched all the right boxes I believe as the saying oh, goes oh god awful um yeah it's a it's a editorial nightmare to try and get some shit done in the X-Men universe very true um speaking of X-Men speaking of awful X-Men shit oh no so I read Astonishing X-Men annual number one written by Matt Rosenberg up by Travel Foreman so I was like yes please and the art's great and it involves um, the sort of, like, again, the, the semi-original X-Men. It's like uh, Beast, Jean Grey, um, Angel, Iceman. Okay. But get, the older versions of Just getting them. some dinner. Yeah, the, 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 the main ones, the regular ones, not the time travel young <laughs> ones, the regular ones, the back from the dead ones. Anyway, so they're having dinner and then they're interrupted by um, weird new young sexy with hair... Professor X, who seems like a fucking bad guy for sure. I don't trust him one bit, mate. Um, and then he's like, come to my weird massive mansion that I just live in for some reason and to this weird town where everyone's brainwashed and then everyone dies and it sucks. Sorry, that was a bad review, but it's not good, guys. And I just, I, I don't know what they're doing with the X-Men universe still. Like, good, Jean Grey's back. Good, Beast. That Like, that's a good team, but I don't like this... I like X-Men Sinister, Red. Sinister, Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X-Men Red's pretty good. Um, but it's just a bit... It's just a bit nothing. The only thing that I got out of this was... Travel Foreman's good. Travel Foreman can draw the fuck out of a beast. Yeah, I really like it. Normally, I don't like his faces, but I like his faces in this Yeah, issue. he really nails Beast in this. Um, and Ooh, also... That sounds hot. Yes, please. Um, I wish Marvel would make some of the funny t-shirts that people wear in their comics. Because Bobby is wearing a t-shirt always through this that just says, Hulk was right. <laughs> About what? But I'm into it. Because isn't, isn't that a play on the Cyclops was right? Yes. Yeah, right. Which is a play on Magneto was right. Great. I want all of those t-shirts. <laughs> except for the Cyclops was right, because Cyclops was always wrong. <laughs> uh, so that is uh, Astonishing X-Men Annual Number 1. Are you going to continue reading the series? Or? Uh, no. Yes. I'm going to call it. She is. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because I, I pick it up anyway for Nate, because he still reads all of the X-Men books. <laughs> um, can you just let me know, uh, canonically, what is Nate? What do you mean? Lovely. Oh, yeah, he's lovely. Sorry. Lovely and a boyfriend. Lovely and my boyfriend. Um, boyfriend. Star Wars had a new book through Marvel this week. It was a one-shot about Woody Harrelson's character in the... um, I almost said Star Wars Lobo, but Star Wars Solo, the the Han Solo movie. I thought I'd watched all of the Star Wars movies because I just watched The Last Jedi. What did you think? Uh, Too long. (laughs) I liked all the weird sexually tense bits between Kylo Ren and Rey. Oh, that was easily the highlight for me. Easily the best bit. Just that. Everything when, else could go. When they, like, force time. Like, yep. When they're doing the chatting. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's yes the best. please. That's my favorite bit. Uh, anyway, Star Wars Beckett is the name of this uh, one shot. It's written by Jerry Duggan. I was I was going to give it a pass, and I'm like, oh, Jerry Duggan's pretty good. Um, well, let's see how this is. Um, and it is like a, a mission uh, that Tobias Beckett and uh, his uh, team of Val and Rio Durant, um, who was the little monkey that was voiced by um, the dude who directed Iron Man. John Favreau. That's the one. There you go. Um, uh, happy. Happy. That's as it. I know him. Um, uh, so this is like a, it's it's cut into three chapters and it's like just like a, a heist going wrong, but then going right uh, at the end. Uh, and in, 
each chapter is drawn by different artists. We have Edgar Salazar. Well, that sounds annoying. Well, uh, yeah, only because Mark Laming <laughs> is the artist in the middle and his work is far and away the best. Ooh, yeah, nice. Um, and then uh, either side you have Edgar Salazar and Will Sliney. Great name. Good name. Uh, Colours by Jordan Boyd the whole way through. But yeah, I mean, he, Mark Laming's art is by far the highlight of this issue. Um, the story is uh, is fine. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> It's uh, just a pretty inoffensive uh, space heist um, featuring this character that I was fine with, I guess, in a movie that I didn't think was that fine. Hmm. You know what's a really good movie that's actually based on a graphic novel that everyone should see? Death of Stalin. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh, man. Good. Good stuff. Have you read the graphic novel? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. What's better? Um... mm, Probably the movie. Okay, wow. Yeah, I know. Very rare. Very rare instance. Yeah. Um, well, you know it was a movie and is now a comic. Uh, I didn't read this. Oh, man, you should have read this. This is actually pretty good. Okay, all right. Uh, Dark I'll, Horse I'll this week published The Terminator, Sector War. Um, it's written by Brian Wood with Jeff Stokely on art. Um, and um, fucking hell, Jeff Stokely. I don't know what he does as an artist. Before this, I should look it up. But his art is so good. It's just not what I expected from like a kind of, you know, like a, a, a franchised comic uh it's way kind of it's a bit cartoony yeah it's really really cartoony but by way of like i guess like a you know i mean he's it, it, definitely at home on on, on a dark horse book but you know mm. it's, it's a terminator book uh, mm. and so basically this is set in um uh new york 1984 um and we meet a police officer working in the south bronx 39th precinct and she comes face to face with the terminator who's come to kill her because uh, she is pregnant with someone who is responsible for fucking the world up in the future. You know how Terminator movies go. Yeah. You just watched T2, right? Yeah. Just last week. Loved it. Loved it? Good yeah. movie. Um, this was just a no a no bullshit. Um, Someone's pregnant. Terminator. Well, she, she, she's pregnant. But she, she finds out she's pregnant because the Terminator says, you're, you're carrying the, per- the man I need to kill, so therefore you need to die. Oh, fuck. That's a, that's a <coughs> fucked up way to find out you're pregnant. Yeah. Also, way um, to ruin the gender reveal party, bro. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this was really fun. Like it was kind of like you know by the numbers, like a, 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 a very tough uh, girl being chased by a, a fucking Terminator. Hell yeah! But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I, I really enjoyed this. I'll definitely be reading all of it. Um, it's good to read. It's good to experience new Terminator-based content that That's isn't not terrible. Terrible, yeah. Um, Are they doing more Terminator movies? They did. Oh, the most recent one was the one where James Cameron's like, hey, this one's actually pretty good. And it was not good at all. So, <laughs> Why would yeah. you ever listen to James Cameron? Um, highly recommend this. I know a lot of people are massive fans of uh, of Terminator, the, the series, the movies, like at least the first two. just the two. robots. Just Terminators the robots. Yeah, totally. It. And the arcade game. Great arcade game. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this is this this is like on, on the level of some of the better Aliens comics that we've gotten from Dark Horse over the years. Cool. Give this one a shot. The Terminator Sector War out now through mm. Dark Horse. Probably my favorite number one this week, maybe. Amazing. Uh, finally, um, from Aftershock Comics, who gave us that excellent uh, book last week about Lebanese crime and Sandwiches. sandwich fingers. Mm. Um, <laughs> side note, I put out a recipe through a new website last week called ABC Life, mm-hmm. uh, and it was sandwich fingers. It's nice. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. but not, that a recipe? Not, not real sandwiches. It was. It was a recipe. Did <laughs> I say recipe? Yeah. Sorry, but just sandwiches. Oh, no. So it's like um, grilled... Grilled cheese, like sandwich fingers. Oh, like they what you made it um, by my birthday this year. Yeah, that was when delicious. everyone. So everyone, Actually, said it, everyone the story is that. like you, you when you when when you walk into a house, there's no better smell than like burnt butter, yeah. 
Yeah. Toasting bread and melted cheese. You're very so right. So you do that. You just grill, grill like a ton, like a whole loaf's worth of grilled cheese sandwiches, depending yep. on how people are coming over. I think I did three loaves. Delicious. Um, and then I made a big thing of uh, jalapeno cream, which is like sour cream and jalapeno, avocado, lime. And then you dunk them in that. Guys, if you ever get invited to Eleven's party, you got to go. <laughs> there ain't no party like a Lev Dog party. Because you're going to um, leave full. Um, yeah, so um, Aftershock Comics this week gave us um, a one called Volition. Okay, did I did I miss out on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I gave it a shot because I really loved that one last week, the name of which escapes me. Um, but this is written by Ryan Parrott. It's uh, art by Omar Francia, which is uh, very kind of like, like kind of paintedly, but also digitally art. Yeah, I can't put my finger like on a, it. Like 2008 ish. It's like weird, uncanny valley between the yeah. two of those things. I don't like that. Um, and uh, it's a uh, like a future kind of cyberpunk story in which um, uh, people make robots um and uh the kind of robot uprising that everyone is expecting to happen doesn't happen and robots just like you know integrate themselves into society and um yeah this is like a kind of a a book about them trying to find out secrets that are hidden within the minds of some certain robots i've definitely made this story far too simple and missed the important part of it uh i liked parts of this book and uh uh maybe don't need to read any more of it Mm. Um, Aftershock is a cool little publisher, though. I like yeah. giving giving their giving their their issues a shot. But uh, yeah, if you like a, like, a, like a cyberpunk book, the cover art is way better than the art that we saw in, in, inside. Yeah, I got a different cover, and I was like, I don't care about robos. Oh, this is cover B. So you got the, the you got the cover by the actual artist. Yeah, I got one by Chris Evan Hui. Good name. Good shit. Cool. Great. Uh, <laughs> That's it for First Things First. Now we play a game called Roll the Dice for Image Marvel at DC. Siobhan's lost the dice. No, she hasn't. She's found, found it. it. It was in her nose. And now that she's unblocked it, she's not <laughs> sick anymore. Uh, so I'm going to roll the dice. And uh, first I'm going to talk about Image Books. Then we're going to talk about Marvel Books and then DC. Huge Image Week this week Huge. with a lot of our favorite yeah. series coming out. If you want to talk about any of these favorite series and other comics, we have a Facebook group in which you can uh, join us and uh, discuss comics Non-stop over there at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Yes, please. There's thousands of us. Come join the fray. Some uh, fun new posters there that have really done some cool posts lately. I'm enjoying it. It's Absolutely. a fun place to be. Uh, so, should we go from uh, most exciting to least exciting or should we just go let's pick at random? Just go random. I'm going to pick my favorite one straight away. Fucking hell, I can't believe that's your favorite. Like, I can, but I can't. At all of these? I mean, just so full on. Oh, right. Okay, sure. All right. So the first issue that I'm going to talk about is issue number six of Ice Cream Man, um, which is a, a series that we love. It's a horror book, which un- is understandably mm-hmm. full on for sure. Um, written by W.O. Maxwell Prince, art by Martin Marazzo, colors by Chris O'Halloran. Love Martin Marazzo. Yeah, so much. He's one of my favorites. So fucking in, 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 in the run of best artist of the year, I think. Um, in our awards this uh this issue was called strange neapolitan and uh as you know ice cream man is a uh horror anthology series every week um the ice cream man uh gives a new character an ice cream and then some horrible shit happens terrible to that character um and so in this issue um a boy approaches the a man teenage boy he's a young man Hmm. he uh he approaches the ice cream truck and holds out three fingers and is giving given a triple scoop of chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, affectionately learned as known as Neapolitan. Um, and uh, as he walks away from the ice cream truck, the panels split into three, each represented by a color: pink, yellow, or brown, a different flavor of the ice cream. And uh, we see 
different branches of what might happen in his life. One of them, he meets the girl of his dreams. Another, he finds a, uh, a, a stray dog with a broken paw. And the other, other he just, uh, he, he, he gets Bites to the chocolate the part yeah. and the chocolate part is like full of worms. And then a bird ends up hatching out of him. Yeah. Just real fucking core sort of horror, body horror shit. Completely dialogue free um, for the entirety of this issue. Um, a silent issue in which we see just like, like basically like, yeah, everyone that seems to be all of his lives that seem that the life that seems to be the best suddenly goes the worst. Um, yeah. And, and there's these horrific situations happening. Like the one where he finds the dog is probably the least bad. But yeah, the one where he finds the dog is the only one where it's kind of okay, right? He, that turns out fine. Well, sure, if you consider that the fact that he left his entire life to live alone in a, an abandoned shack with a dog. That seems nice. <laughs> I'm into that. That seems like a happy ending, right? Yeah, sure. Compared to the other two where his baby dies and then his wife drinks herself into a stupor every single night. And the other one where he fucking, a bird hatches out of him. Yeah, and then the, 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 the issue ends on just the panel, just the, just the, sorry, just the caption, one way or another. Yeah. Look, death comes for us all, right? Yeah. Am I right, friends? Totally. Um, so good. I so, read this, yeah. like, in a fucking horrified stupor. Um, it's probably the best way to read this book. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think this is, this is one of the most interesting and weird and cool books images publishing right now and they publish a lot of weird interesting and cool books i love this creative team i'm just so excited to see whatever they do together next yeah. i think they work so well together and they're d- d- really trying different shit yeah and if you like horror comics that are like extremely left of center this is uh, absolutely a book you should be reading and ones that'll really like stick with you and make you feel sad for like weeks cool, cool. Uh, that's ice cream man issue number six like. probably my favorite issue this week even though it was extremely full i yeah, just yeah, think yeah. as far as like a uh, a concept it just it just it's just great. It just really ran with it and, and, and did everything that I hoped it would do. Um, and uh, let's move over now to issue number five of Skywood, which is a, uh, a book in which uh, Earth's gravity is turned off and uh, everyone floats to the sky. And there's a new society of people that wear magnet shoes to stay on the ground. And um, storms are collected in one big fucking massive raindrop. Um, it's a lot of really, really cool ideas presented in a great way. It's written by Joe Henderson with art by Lee Garbett and colors by Antonio Fabella. Um, and uh, in this issue, a whole bunch of shit happens really quickly that I could not believe uh, yeah. happened. Uh, and we, we deal with, we deal with the, the death of a pretty major character um, in a way that is going to affect the main character's life for the rest of this comic. Yes, I was very sad about that. I yeah, was me not too. expecting it. Uh, especially because yeah, it seemed like they were finally going to partner up and then uh, Absolutely. I guess not. Uh, this is a cool series though. Um, it, I feel like they, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to get a little break from the series. I don't know why I feel yeah, like that. Uh, just this feels like the end of book one, you know? That definitely felt like the end of the first arc. Um, and now we're going to get to see, like, the world open up a bit. Yeah. Um, but really, like, yeah, just just clever. Fun fun sci-fi yeah. um, with a great main character. Absolutely. Cool stuff. Um, the Wicked and the Divine this week had uh, issue number 38, the final second to last issue of this second to last arc. Oh, okay. Um, this is on, on, on its way out. Um, and, uh, man... This series needs to end just so I can go back to the beginning of this series and read it and try and figure out every single thing that's happening because there's a lot going on with a lot of different characters, yeah. a lot of different past and and past versions of the characters and okay. things repeating in history. Um, but uh, a lot of this dealt with a um, the reveal that one of the characters is pregnant and her revealing that to other characters 
in the series and what that means for the future of this insane characters. It's our insane story involving pop stars uh, being becoming gods mm. throughout history. Cool. Uh, it's it's a really really great series. I'm I'm also excited for it to finish so you can binge it all. Yeah, and I'm also excited so that Jamie McKelvey can do some other projects. Yeah, totally. But uh, yeah, it's written by Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey. Um, it's a good series, and I think it's going to have a pretty epic finale. Um, Flavor this week, um, we got issue number four, written by Joseph Keating, um, with art by Wook Jin Clark and uh, colors by Tamara Bonvalon. Um, and uh, this is the <coughs> really cool book about um, like a world in which uh, you have to have a license to cook and there are like extreme, like almost like Coliseum Mm -hmm. battles of, Mm -hmm. of, uh, of iron chefery going down. Uh, And this book has been relatively straightforward. I would even like consider it like a kind of like, you know, a a great one to give to a younger reader, Mm -hmm. not a very, like, you know, like a teen, Um, but fucking hell this, this issue had like a bunch of moments that either jumped forward in time or didn't explain how certain characters got out of situations Unless like my 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 oh, yeah? copy was like missing books or something like that, but like at one point the character is a be- the main character is is like about to be like she's imprisoned, and then suddenly she's like back at home on the couch. Like, is that your is that your middle page? Turn to your middle page. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Were you lost in that part? I might, I might, maybe. No, I'm it's just, just a, they say going home and, and then the child home. home. Okay. Home. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. I guess like I wasn't too clear on who that person who sends her home is so I maybe want a bit more clarity there and then at the end there's a reveal I think it's the other dude's mum oh okay cool so they have like history I was like I love is that series so is I'm that like a, boring okay. over every fucking panel I, I, I may have read it very late last night um, but I was like oh is that a future version of the main character <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's just not what I was expecting from the series so maybe that's why I, I still really enjoyed it Clearly that explains not. why it was much more confusing for you yeah totally why is there future versions now? Is this fucking X-Men? You know what? This is on me. I'm going to reread this issue tonight. Good call. It's um, it's so gorgeous. I really, really love this book. And the back matter is always so fun. You get a recipe for crepes in the back of this. Yeah, totally. Lovely. Um, almost as good as a recipe for grilled cheese sandwich fingers. Look. Delicious. The, jury, the jury's out. Uh, Gideon Falls, another horror book through Image, written by Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, and Dave Stewart, gave us the final issue of the first arc of this great series. I love this book. God, I love this book. Do you want to give a little summary or um, a vague intro to the to the story? There's a spooky barn. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> there's a priest who was fucking a lady, and so he's not. Oh God, you know what? I keep being like, I've got to stop swearing on the podcast just no, in case children listen. No, but who cares about children? Why? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What do children listen to a podcast? That's not what children should do. That's children should be outside playing Fortnite. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, so this is like, uh, I can't explain it. There's a barn. <laughs> There's a barn that exists in the in the minds of various people in this community, and people that don't see it think these people are crazy. Yes, and it's like a terrible barn. Um, it's a very barn spooky. in which disgusting acts of depravity happen, and people are killed. Yeah. And um, one of our main characters is a slightly disgraced priest who's been moved to a new location. I believe he was fucking a lady. He was fucking a lady, which, if you know priests, that's not allowed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then our other main character is this kid who I think I think he might be the secret son or like the missing brother of that they're searching for. Okay, I assume. Right, sure. Um, but he's like, I'm a mental patient, and I live in I can't remember anything except for this barn that's always in my mind. Siobhan's quoting the comic verbatim. <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah, <laughs> and he's always collecting pieces of the barn. And now his psychiatrist has started seeing the barn as well. So she's like, "Oh shit!" But yeah, we've got to build a barn. Those two storylines haven't yet haven't crossed exactly yet. No, but the- man, Sorrentino is like killing he- it. Yeah, he goes. For he's broke so good in terms of like panel structure and layout in this. Um, there's really some- intricate line work. Very unsettling. I love when the priest has a vision of Jesus. Yes, please. Uh, in in this, uh, and Jesus is like really rude to him. Yes, please. Um, yeah, this is a really really cool book, and it's unlike anything else Lemire has done in the past. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's definitely my favorite thing Sorrentino has done too. Yeah, and I love I love Jeff Lemire playing around with like uh, like themes of like Catholicism and guilt and yep. all small towns. Those two things. You, you don't need to say like Catholicism and guilt is two yeah, separate yeah, things. Yeah. Those th- they, 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 they are hand the same in hand. Thing. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It's really good. I really look forward to it. And then I put it down. I'm like, oh, it's so spooky. I love it. Every single time. So it's Gideon Falls, um, issue number six. Um, the first trade will be out very soon. I highly recommend you pick it up. Really highly recommend. Get spooked, everybody. Absolutely. Did you read The Weatherman, no, issue number three? I couldn't remember what happened in the last issue, and I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm too sick for this. There were a couple of moments in this issue, um, which is written by Jody LaHoop, um, with Good art name. by um, Nathan Fox. I really love Nathan Fox's art, um, and colors by Dave Stewart. There were a few moments in this issue where I was like, wait, who's that again? What are they doing? What's yeah. going on? But yeah, basically, like, uh, um, after a, a half of the world is killed, due to an apocalyptic event that is the cause of one person. That person who, who, who brought this death upon the world has like kind of reinvented it, like basically set up a new identity for himself, but his new identity isn't aware that he was a terrorist in the past. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, so he just thinks he's like this, you know, goofy weatherman. And so now he's the most wanted person on, on the world, but he doesn't have any memory of committing these awful crimes in the past. Um, and uh, it's a fun concept, um, hmm. but there's a lot of other stuff going on in this future world. At, at, in this issue, the the weatherman basically becomes a full-on action hero, 
and uh, drives them out of danger. Um, there's some heavy themes in this alongside all of the kind of goofy comedy that I don't think always work. But the story is interesting and pretty different, and I'm definitely going to keep keep reading it. Okay, cool. Yeah, The Weatherman. Pretty interesting. Um, finally, for me, I read uh, Manifest Destiny, um, which is uh, issue 36 this week, written by Chris Dingus and Matthew Roberts, with art by Troy, Tony Akins and Owen Gianni. Did I fuck that up? Sorry, Matthew Roberts is the penciler, Tony Akins is the inker. So, written by Chris Dingus. Um and uh, yeah, Manifest Destiny is about Lewis and Clark traveling from one side of America to the other. Good job for not calling him Birkenwells. That's a, I don't know who in their right mind would ever do that. Twenty episodes in a row. Um, but yeah, Manifest Destiny. Uh, you know that they they encounter um, awful monsters and horrible things. Um, so it's like a kind of fantastical take on real historical events. Uh, and in this one, uh, Lewis and Clark dealt with uh, an uprising, a coup against them. And um, this shows how they dealt with it and managed to get the upper hand on those who rose against them. And uh, it's pretty interesting and very different to how this series began. Mm. And there's a pretty amazing moment for the one of the black characters in the um, in in the series. Mm. Yeah, um, good issue. Cool. The final issue of this arc too. Um, I'm looking forward to it for it, to it being a monster book again, though. It's kind of why I. Yeah. picked it up in the first place yeah and it hasn't really been i mean obviously there's no greater monster than man oh absolutely i say that all the time but uh i, I want some fun yeah you're monsters. not really looking for social commentary from your like book about past monsters exactly well the image books did you read um i read analog issue five by uh jerry duggan well they don't put their first names duggan o'sullivan spicer sabino latour variant cover um and this is the future where either you have no internet or everything you do is broadcast on the internet at all times so you have to make that choice the internet was made public by our main character um and the main character he's like a he uh is a guy who moves information securely so like printed actual printed physical information information handwritten he will suitcase to suitcase from place to place um and this seems to be I, I sort of lose track really quickly what is actually happening in this book, but I like it. Yeah, I really like it too. I'm definitely going to read this one in trade because yeah. uh, I made the decision last issue. I was like, I like it. I just can't remember anything. Totally. It has a sort of a... Like, if I was going to make a movie about this, it would be like Harrison Ford in the 80s. What about Colin Farrell in the 80s? Yes, please. Give him more good roles, Hollywood. I love Colin Farrell. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's good. It's like a weird, gritty sort of future crime thing, but also quite funny at times. Um, and I like it. It's good. It's silly. Jerry Duggan writes good um, dialogue and good action sequences. And the new bad guy is like pretty scary. So I like it. Awesome. Um, and then I also read issue three of uh, Proxima Centauri by Farrell Dalrymple. This is the latest like crazy out there uh, sci-fi book. Freaky deaky. <laughs> With a jerky teenage um, protagonist uh-huh. um, having weird adventures in this semi-magical, semi-sci-fi um, future world with um, his friend's dog, D-H-O-G, who's a small dog with horns uh-huh. who can talk, and a girl who appears to be a ghost, um, and they just ride bikes around and get into mischief. And there's a whole bit where he teaches an ancient, um, an ancient being the game. Um, pretty funny. And so there's lots of like little close-ups of hands, etc. Um, and then there's like these little spooky blue guys at the end who appear to be a new 
bad guy who are taking over. Anyway, it's really great. There's very few um, books with protagonists as like unappealing as this. This kid just ride, like rides around on his bike being like, I'm fucking rad. <laughs> I love that. And I love Dalrymple's art. Super like sketchbooky with really watercolory um, colors. Is this his first like monthly book? No, he's done lots of monthly books he's before. He's done the But they're, they're just so weird. <laughs> it's hard to, hard to follow what's going on, but I just... It's one of those ones that I think you just let it wash over you. Go along for the ride. Embrace it's the good weirdness. fun. Um, so now, that is it for a massive image week. Yes. And we move over to uh, Marvel for three. I got three? How many? Yes, three. So I've got, oh, I've got different ones. A couple Ooh. of different ones. <clears throat> i got Infinity Wars 2 to start with. Another yeah. book written by Jerry Duggan. His third book this week. Good Lord. <laughs> Take a break. Boy. With art by Mike Diodato, whose art annoyed me multiple times through this, uh, after you made jokes about his ridiculous extra squares in the panels, yeah. um, I just couldn't stop seeing them. Yeah, I know. I just like, I don't mind it as long as it's like for a purpose to like lead the eye somewhere, but it's it just doesn't seem is. to have a no, purpose. It just is like, hey, I, I like doing grids. Yeah, you know what looks cool? Grids. You um, know kids love grids? Kids love grids these days. I'm a real grid kid. Um, Frank Martin did colours on this one. Um, and uh, this uh, basically, yeah, we, we see more of uh, this new Gamora who uh, is carrying around the head of Thanos. Yes, please. And uh, wielding a big purple sword. Um, and uh, Weak, though, they took back the Peter Quill being stabbed through his chest. Yeah, so Star-Lord we thought was going to die, but um, using the time stone, Doctor Strange reverses that from happening. Um, and, uh, yeah, we see basically Gamora um, using... All the different stones in a in a fun way that like you know usually we we just see them wield people wielding like the 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 grand total of all the stones together in the gauntlet and just you know having a big laser power or whatever. Mm. But uh, it was fun seeing her use each stone individually, mm-hmm. and she like tricks everybody into thinking a different reality um, in which they won uh, happened with the reality stone and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so basically Gamora is kind of like the the main Gamora's Thanos now. Yeah, Gamora's Thanos now, um, and which means we we look forward to seeing her try and bone a skeleton with boobs. Yes, please, always. Um, yeah, we see her kind of return to find the part of herself that's stuck in the Soul Stone, um, and then she meets Loki there, and I guess he they're going to team up, maybe. Maybe that's a fun little comparing, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, would I would be interested to see if anyone's reading this book who hadn't read, like. Jerry Duggan's um, Guardians run and then like also all of the tie-ins to this like would it make any sense yeah let us know let us know if uh, you, you make any sense of this book because mm. I barely can the recap paragraph is is like surprisingly light considering how much has happened in the lead mm. up to this anyway I'm, I, it's still fun yeah it's you know, fun it's dumb and fun speaking of Thanos wanting to bone a skeleton um, Thanos showed up in Thor issue number four this week in which he denies the hand of marriage um, uh, from Hela Mm-hmm. Denies Hella's hand in marriage, I believe is a better way to say that. Oh. Who, who's, They're who both could, bad. Who could say? Right, sure. Um, and yeah, this is written by Jason Aaron with um, art by Mike Del Mondo and Marco D'Alfonso on color assists. Um, and yeah, it's basically the, the end of uh, this opening arc to the la- latest run of uh, Jason Aaron's Thor run. Um, and they've it's them escaping from hell. Um, some fun things happened uh, in, throughout this arc um, mm. that I didn't appreciate until the very end of this when you realize that from this little journey, we've got the return of um, Tia. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, is Tia? No, Tia's gone to heaven. Um, and who re- who's returning now? Is it Balder? No, not... One of the others. One of the others. 
Who the fuck maybe knows? Maybe Um A whole bunch of people are back. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, yeah, Bald- Boulder is so. Boulder is back. Um, Boulder is back with the land of the living. Yeah, Boulder and Lady Brunhild. Yes, yep. please. Brunhild is back too. She, so she, she's out of Valhalla and back on Earth now. Um, and uh, Loki takes something from Thor. Yes, and we don't know, we what. know what it is. And Thor lives on a boat. That's fun. Yeah, Thor living on a boat. The next issue um, is going to be featuring Christian Ward on art, and is going to be oh, cool. a, um, a jump forward to the future, um, which seems like it's going to be a bunch of fun. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I like this. I don't love it, and I loved. I've loved almost every issue of this run before this mm. this this current run. I think I'm enjoying this in terms of just like a pure sort of Kirby slash Simonson style Asgardian shenanigans, you know, like the the Jane Foster stuff was much more character driven. Yep. Um, And I I started to get really like bored with that towards the end. And so I'm a bit more like, I like this all kind of like, oh, and then Loki pretends to kill Thor so that he can go to Valhalla and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I like that. Loki, he still writes Loki really well. Um, Uh, And yeah, I think he gets the relationship between Thor and Loki so fucking spot on. This definitely feels like, yeah, like a a Simonson-esque Thor in a way that none of his other run has before this. I like it. It feels very um, (laughs) consequence-free. Even though they're in hell and in heaven and then back on earth. Love it. Great fun. Um, So we read two, an, an issue each that the other one did not. You can do yours first. Um, so I read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, issue 308 by Chip Zdarsky. Um, and I read it because it has art by Chris Pacello. Yeah. Who I love. Previously did uh, some excellent work on, uh, 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 he was tweeting that this is like the second Sandman story he's done in the past. Yeah. This is a good Sandman story, guys. And fucking reading the recap page of this, I swear I've only dropped off this book like last couple of issues. and I have no idea what's happened <laughs> in the meantime, but that is the most insane recap page I've ever said, ever seen. But you don't need it because this is just a pure we. Um, it opens on Sandman walking through New York City as he's like falling apart, like he's slowly turning into sand. And he can't keep himself together, and he's reminiscing about all the fights that he's had with Spidey and all the things in his life that he's done. That's a waste, and why did he do that? And he's wasted his life and all that stuff. Um, and then J. Jonah Jameson, who's now like Spider-Man's tip guy, calls yep. him up to be like, Sandman's back in New York. You got to go bust him, Spidey. And so um, Spidey goes and finds him. But instead of, you know, busting him, he's like, oh, he's in hospital. And so Spider-Man is like, look, it seems like it's terminal. Where's your favorite place in the city? And so he takes him to the beach and they sit on the beach while Sandman slowly falls apart. But... Mm what is actually happening because he seems to be turning into some kind of crystal man. Whoa. Cool. So it's going to be to be continued. Yeah. I would say it's probably a two to three issue arc, cool. um, but good fun. I would say this is worthwhile to jump onto. This is the kind of shit that Chip Zdarsky is great at. Extreme melancholy slash good jokes. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Really great issue. Plus, Pacello is like, an all time great. For yeah. One of I the best him. artists that still does work at Marvel for sure. And he's so good on Spidey. He understands like the physicality of Spidey so well. Um, that would be an interesting uh, podcast to do in the future. Artists who understand the physicality of Spidey. Yeah. What, what to do, what not to do. Yes. You seem to, you seem to be very passionate about the subject. I, I am. You know what I don't like? I don't like when they have him coming at the camera taint first. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just find it very uh, aggressive. Yes, definitely. 
Um, hey, speaking of taint first. Yes, please. Hey, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I read the third issue of Tony Stark Iron Man by Dan Slott, Valeria Skitty, and um, Edgar Delgado, um, uh, which features a taint first Iron Man for some reason somehow thrusting one leg away. Backwards. But look, these thrusters are on that way. How does that work? I don't know. What's, what, does, does Iron Man have a taint thruster? Good point. Also, great ish, uh, episode there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is that like Astro Boy? Astro Boy has the he's a taint thruster, thruster in his. Oh, he's got a gun. A little butt, butt one. Yeah, little that's butt true. guns. Yeah. Kind of um, Astro Boy. Yeah. So, uh, does it was it called? Does Iron Man have a? T- t- I just don't remember. Does Iron Man have a taint thruster? I'm going to listen back to this fucking mess. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so yeah. So uh, I said I was going to stop reading this, but something about I don't. I just it's a cool cover. Taint. All, taint I like Valerius like, Giddy a lot. And um, I've liked a lot of Dan Slott stuff in the past. And I was like, no, I, I don't accept that his Iron Man run is just not going to be good from those first mm-hmm. two issues. I'm going to give this one another shot. And I really liked this issue. Um, basically, he is creating a um, like a, a, a virtual world that anyone can live in. But he wants to do some testing so that all of the AI-driven NPCs and non-playable characters aren't distinguishable from Humans that are also in that virtual world. Why? Why is that good? Why would that be good to do? Siobhan, we've I get spoken so about this in the about past. AI. <laughs> Stop doing it. <laughs> Why are we doing it? Um, but yeah, M- uh, Machine Man is dating um, one of uh, uh, Tony Stark's uh, AI employees. Oh God, I just want to like collapse onto the floor. That makes me feel so exhausted. It's really fun. I don't understand. I, don't, what, what I also I, don't understand in myself why some robots I'm like, yes. And other robots I'm like, no. And I have like a really violent reaction to them. Um, so this is like fun. It kind of like riffs on like Westworld um, as uh, uh, Machine Man kind of gets himself into uh, the, the simulation and ruins it for everybody. And What do you mean by gets himself into the simulation? What he said mean? he's dating the simulation. Oh, no. Is it like the... I was trying to make a dirty joke. Oh, it's okay. fine. Continue. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm going to lie into a pile. Work. I'm going to lie on the floor. I hate myself. Um, but yeah, it's just fun seeing him kind of uh, like take down all these different people who are kind of in all these fun, different fantasy worlds. Um, and uh, in the end, uh, it, uh, Tony Stark saves the day as Doctor Strange in this <laughs> different reality. Um, and it's fun. And, and it, they are like, even though each of these issues have been a one shot, they are building towards something a bit bigger. Um, it looks like this has a lot to do with AI, which if you're not a fan of that, I would avoid um, yeah, no. a lot. It's, I guess it's going to be like the, the main kind of drive of this. Uh, when will you learn your lesson, Tony Stark? Is he making out with Wasp on the cover? It looks like the next issue. Well, I'll, I'll let you know because I'm definitely going to read the He's next issue. He's going to be so much better, Janet. <laughs> Maybe it's because like, haven't they made out in the past? Maybe it's just like a, a photo of the past. Maybe. Who knows? Um, that's uh, that's Marvel, um, and now we're going to talk about DC. Finally, we're going to start with uh, issue fifty-three of Batman, uh, the second last uh, issue of the Cold Day storyline, in which um, Bruce Wayne testifies against Batman uh, on a case in which they're trying to find Mister Freeze guilty of killing people. And I'm back on thinking this sucks. Uh, I thought, yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, like soul-searching dialogue. Well, the, the when when the issue ended on a quote from the Book of Job, yes. I was like, man, yes. Siobhan is going to hate Fuck. this. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you noticed. Um, yeah, like Christ almighty. Exactly. That's so heavy. Exactly. <laughs> like Bruce Wayne is Job? Shut up. Shut up. Uh, written by Tom King, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> uh, art by Lee Weeks and God, Elizabeth Breitweiser. They're both such a good combo. Um, so, so brilliant, brilliant art on this, in, which features very little action, but a lot of uh, Bruce Wayne reflecting on 
that he viewed Batman as a god. Oh. Um, and he, the, 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 it is clever that all the jury is thinking that he's just talking as, as, a, as a Gotham resident who viewed the Batman as a god that was going to save Gotham, but really he's talking about the fact that he used like Batman he to escape. God. To God. Well, I don't know, like, you know, that, that like the, the yeah. costume elevated him above crime and others. <laughs> um, I, I totally get why, why you can hate, why you hate this. And there are moments like it, it's such a fine line. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm loving this. This is a fun little analogy to make, totally. but he always pushes it just that step too far. And you're like, just, he just, the he- his hands, they're heavy, they're heavy hands. Yeah. Like, I just think he needs um, a firmer editor. Maybe they're afraid of him because he was CIA inject. and he threatens oh, them. Wow. Inject. That's, a, that's a weird thing to accuse him of. I'm sorry. That's not true. <laughs> inject your hands with helium, Tom King. Yes, please. They'll be a little bit lighter and uh, you can do these big sweeping statements without beating people over the head with yeah. the intric- intricacies of them. Um, yeah, I literally wasn't... I saw the little Job quote at the bottom and I went, fuck you. Um, but I like the classic costume. Yeah. Back in the classic Back costume. Back in the classic costume. Yes, please. Um, it looks incredible, drawn by Lee Weeks. Lovely Weeks. He's Lovely Weeks. So good. Um, I, I, I look forward to seeing what Lee Weeks does after this kind of like renaissance Batman period he's mm. had. Because um, he'd be a pretty older dude, I think. So mm. let's, let's give him something good, world. Yes, um, Injustice 2, written by Tom Taylor. God, Nate just didn't, still, Nate picked up all the wrong things for me. Still continuing to be my favorite DC book, Bar None, written by Tom Taylor, with art by, um, is it Nathan Redondo? It's a great name. It's a good name. Um, the credits somewhere in this issue um, features a, a little... I like the look of that. There's a little preview at the back of some DC issues this week for the uh, next book by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. who gave us the Joker like gr- gritty Joker um, graphic yeah. novel a few also years ago. Also the Luther one. Luther one, which, which I think is no way near. better. Yeah. I was going to say it's nowhere near as good, but then I was Oh, no way. Fair enough. I think I read it expecting like it to Luther be as kind of like gritty and dumb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. But it was a lot of him like looking up and I said, didn't like the, what does he, what, what, what does he make to fight Superman in that? I can't remember. I need to reread it. Over I there. mostly just remember like the, the, um, I thought it was the best example of Luther being like, I'm the good guy. Guys, mm. why can't you see that? Yeah. I thought that was good. For sure. Anyway, um, they're doing a very gritty, scary Batman book and it looks cool. Because um, it's narrated by John Constantine. Yes, please. Be fun. Uh, written, who, uh, who famously, Brian Azzarello, did a small amount of the Hellblazer run, like like mm. a 12-issue Hellblazer run, mm. in which he just did not understand the character at all. Mm. So I wonder, now that he's revisiting it, like he's, it's like... It's barely a Hellblazer book when he does mm. it. There's, there's, there's some cool arcs during it, but his... His Hellblazer is just like this fucking psychopath. Cool. It's bizarre. Um, Bruno Redondo is the uh, penciler on this with inks by Juan Albaran and colors by Gabe Eltabe. Um, and yeah, this is all in space now. It's a big uh, battle of um, the Red Lanterns led by Starro um, who have taken over the Guardians with Starro's uh, mind control starfish. Um, and uh, the Green Lanterns, what's left of them, are using, uh, basically putting... Like their their faith in anyone they got, so we have um, help from Supergirl and um, Connor Kent, and um, they even make Lobo a Green Lantern. Um, and he, Lobo attacks, um, is it Atrocitus? Is that the Red Lantern? Yep. Um, attacks Atrocitus with a big green cock. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Seriously, he goes. Um, uh, 
that you dare attack Atrocitus with something so obscene. And Holy he goes, shit. then Lo- uh, Lobo oh my says, God, even that looks like veiny and gross. Yeah. Tom Taylor, how did you get away with that? Damn straight, I dare. Beware my power. Green Lantern's dick. It's like censored, but I That's guess. That's so funny. It's, like, it's, it's just censored enough. And then and then you cut to a, um, a uh, Hal and. Um, Imaginary Guy Gardner. Uh, yep, uh, laughing at it. And, That's um, really yeah. funny. Yeah, that's like that's straight from the Gail Simone book of getting around censorship. Yeah, and Guy Garden is like, uh, it was obscene, it was depraved, but it was effective. <laughs> and then later on, um, when Supergirl and uh, and and uh, uh, what's that orange girl's name again? Starfire. Starfire joined the fray again. I'm so offended when you don't know the names of all Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have um, this blue one. I don't know what her what her name is. The blue, Ganthet. The blue Green Lantern. Say, is that... She's one of the guys. Did they make Lobo a, gl- a lantern? And um, Star- Supergirl says, yeah, I wouldn't look at anything he's creating if I were you. <laughs> I mean, it's educational, but possibly mentally scarring. <laughs> I don't know, just like, it's just like really fun and stupid and like just a dick joke. I love a dick joke. I love a dick joke, guys. Um, Good job. Yeah, so it's a big, big, dumb space fight in which the great Green Lanterns get the upper hand just as uh, a massive army uh, led by Bizarro enters the fray. So it looks like we're going to stay in space for a while. I love this just fun, stupid celebration of all things DC. It's yeah. the D in DC. stands for dicks. Yes, please. Deke comedy. Good. Thank you, Tom Taylor. Um, you know what I read? Which was oh, a, I meant to read this, but yeah. I didn't. So I read Bechdel issue 25, which was an extra-sized anniversary issue. The worst kind of issue. <laughs> um, which has a whole bunch of creators on it, including someone called Mary Scott, I think probably pronounced. Don't know about that. Um, and then also Paul Dini and a bunch of other people. Like just there's too many creators. Yeah. Just not going to say. So anything. there there are some celebratory sh- uh, short stories featuring the character. But do we also get a kind of bigger story from the new team taking over this run? Um, I don't know who the new team is. Okay. Do you know who it is? Um, mm. but yes, there is there is a story that is going to be the new direction, and it is like quite um, which is written by yeah, Married Scott and Paul Pelletier. Yep, that's right. Pencils. Um, and it's quite a, like uh, a bit of a horror book almost, like a bit of it's sort of a bit more gory than I would expect mm, from a the flavor um, of the month, yeah, a little, little a bit of disturbing horror. But I like it. The new villain is called Grotesque. Okay. And he's like fight. Uh, he's like my crimes are art or something, and so he like slashes people's throats and then makes art and their blood or whatever. Okay. Fun. It's, yeah, it's an idea normal. that seems to be fucking everywhere. At yeah, the moment. sure. Um, but I like the art. It was good. It was silly. And there were some good fun um, little mini stories in here. The Paul Dini one about um, there's the Mad Hatter and the March Harriet or something. I think (laughs) her name is. Anyway, March Harriet. And that was good fun. And there's a really sweet little romantic story about her and Nightwing, which was cute, written by Marguerite Bennett with art by Dan Panosian, which was uh, like gorgeous. So a good, good little collection of stories? Yeah, I liked it. Cool. Sticking with it, you good reckon? celebration. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Batgirl, potentially in good hands, unless they're cutting your throat to make art. Even that. They that should be make good. They should make just one page with using throat blood. Yeah. Come on, guys. Dedicate yourselves to the cause. The Wild Storm, issue number 16, <laughs> came out this week, written by Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt. Pretty fun to be on the uh, other side of... Uh, the, to be the other person watching my co-host struggle not to cough yeah. profusely on the mic. How does it feel to be in my my usual seat? It feels great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Warren Ellis, John Davis Hunt, and B. Bucciolato on this book, um, which is still good. 
just uh, just still the very, very slow burn towards something. Yeah, I love this issue. Also, Nate, um, the lovely Nate, looked up because we were like, who are all these fucking characters um, that th- this guy is uh, tracking down and they're the parents of Gen 13. Oh, right. Um, the oh, okay, action sure. sequences, I feel like the art just gets better and better. Yeah, he definitely. Issue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love, like, you know, I'm, I don't know much about the Wildstorm universe. I don't really know many of these characters, so I really like Warren Ellis' introduction to them. Yeah, I, but I fun. think I would love it a lot more if I did know who all these characters were in, 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 to begin with. Maybe. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't feel like a long tease as but much as it does sometimes. there's a bit at the end where she turns her hand into a gun. That's pretty cool. That's great. Wish I could have that power. Absolutely. I'd turn my hand into a sandwich and eat it. Nice. And then pull it back out of my body. That no carbs. Good. What? Uh, that is it for DC. Now we move over to other publishers. I've uh, got a small handful of books left. Do you want to talk about Ether? Okay. Dark Horse published uh, Ether, issue number four. Sorry, Ether, the Copper Golems, the second in the Ether series by Matt Kent and David Rubin. Um, and uh, this is uh, a fun mix of uh, fantasy and... Well, it's mostly just fantasy. It's pretty much just fantasy, guys. Um, in which... Uh, it's a, it's a scientist trying to force science into a fantasy world, which is That's pretty right. funny to see. Um, and uh, in, in in this in this arc, um, we have uh, the scientist and his uh, team of fantastical creatures trying to take down a bunch of copper golems, um, and uh, who are kind of like stomping around the world and causing havoc. <clears throat> and um, they are searching for a portal, and when they get there, they um, find someone who is able to trap people in tails. Uh, featuring themselves, and we get this great series of um, of pages in which each character imagines them, imagines themselves, or is like is being told a tale of themselves as the hero of these uh, differently themed comic books. And I like this um, the new character of this sort of uh, like handsome adventuring minotaur bro. Yes, like good at everything that Boone is bad at. Yeah. Um, and they're like, ah, oh, he he is impervious to being ensorcelled with the enchanted tales and he goes I live my fantasy every day of my life <laughs> as he breathes out smoke from both nostrils and mouth yes please green smoke um, yeah uh, this is a, a, a fun fun series one more issue to go I think of this arc but it's been it's good fun. not as good as the first uh, the first first arc but I've enjoyed it absolutely um, also out through Dark Horse this week was Usagi Yojimbo the hidden issue number five of seven uh, which was uh, this feel like it's been going on for a long time now. Ah, oh, but I love it. I know this is like my first sort of introduction to the Usagi Ojimbo world, but I'm enjoying this. Did you read this? Story. I did. Oh, cool, sweet. I so I didn't see it in your pile, so I was like, oh, she must have tapped out. Um, no, I, I'm really enjoying it too. I, I think that, you know he's just the master of just just a well told t- tale where you know not that much happens over time, but it's still yeah. really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, a mystery slowly unfurling. Um, this involves uh, basically uh, those of the Christian faith making their way into feudal Japan um, and it being outlawed at the time. And of course, feudal Japan is inha- inhabited by anthropomorphic animals uh, yes, led please. by a, uh, a samurai bunny rabbit called Asagi. Um, it's really, really good. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's de- definitely one of the few mysteries that he tells in this book where you can't see the ending coming a mile away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm enjoying it. It's just like, it's just a delight to read. His cartooning is is incredible. Yeah. So he's the animals he draws are so the expressions are so gleeful and excellent, mm-hmm. even when they're dying. Yep, <laughs> love it. Um. So yeah, it's Asagi Jimbo the Hidden, another great issue. Uh, and final issue for me. Oh, we got we got two boom books. Um. um yeah. We'll, I'll just we'll, we'll leave fence till last. All right. I'll quickly mention. Um. I read issue four of Coda by Simon Spurrier and Matthias Bagara. Um. And this is Simon Spurrier's like most sort of 
Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like, know how it feels. I should be uh, feeling into you. Um, feeling like, the void. Sort of European feeling weird intense sci-fi and it's very hard to explain what's going on but well, i do recommend it because the art's gorgeous and almost I love, would, would fit in like a heavy, heavy metal book absolutely i love sysperia's um are like really dense worlds that he creates i think that it's good fun um and he's obviously got a vast imagination um and i, I do rate this one Good. Just can't tell you what's happening. Yet. Well, that that was why I had to drop it. I was just like, I, yeah. I like the art a lot, and there's some fun characters. Oh, I don't here, know what's happening. I can't remember any of it. <laughs> um, so, final book uh, that we talk about is uh, the Boom Box book, Fence, the best book of all. C. S. Picat, um, with art by Joanna the Mad and Joanna La Fuente on uh, colors. Um, no, sorry. What does she do? Yeah, colors. She does colors. Um, and this is, uh, of course, the excellent, excellent series about a group of beautiful boys who go to a fencing school and fence. And we are currently in an amazing arc in which each of the boys fence each other in order to maintain their position at the school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it is just fucking wonderful issue to issue. Absolutely. Um, I cannot believe that C.S. Picat is relatively like early in her career because yeah. this is just an expertly paced um, and um, a book with just where you just learn just enough about the characters and also the sport of fencing uh, in each issue. And uh, the it's just such a told at such a rollicking pace where you're just so invested and excited to see more and more fencing and learn more about how you be good at fencing through mm. the, through the eyes of these different characters, plus all of the relationships between the characters when they're not fencing too, including the two main characters, Seiji and um, Nicholas. Nicholas, who uh, I guess they they're either they're either they get, they're discovered at the end of this issue uh, fighting in the closet, fighting in the closet. Yes. But I mean, it, this is such a what could that mean? Gorgeous, sexy yeah book that. You are, you know, it relies heavily on like uh, tropes and sort of situations from uh, like Yaoi and Boy Love manga and anime, um, which like Picat is very upfront about. Um, so there's sort of beats that you know she's going to hit at some point if you're familiar with the genre. Um, which Siobhan definitely is. I just, you know, not as familiar as people would expect. Um, <laughs> But um, I just love it. It's so gorgeous. And the art's so beautiful. I can't believe this is the first comic that Joanna the Mad has done yes. in print. You know? Very, very true. Very true. Because um, she's so talented and every character is slightly different and feels lived in. And it's it's so um, wonderfully like diverse. And just uh, the colors are luminous. Yeah, I don't dislike one character in this. Every, no. As soon as we see any character, I'm just like, yes, please, just give me the rest of the issue with this character. Oh, we're not with this one anymore? Okay, <laughs> give me the rest of the issue with this character. Yeah. Like, I just, I love this, this series so yeah. much. And like, I, I, it's I so wholesome. can't fathom a world in which everyone doesn't get something out of this book. I know. I, I can't imagine everyone not loving this. Yeah. So this is, uh, this, this is another one of my um, Christmas books, I think. Yeah. I'll give this a lot of people. Because it's just such a fun story. Totally. And it's about fucking fencing. About who, fencing who gives guys. a shit about fencing? No me, one. Me, apparently. Now you. Um, now all of us. So good. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's good to end, end the episode on a book that we both loved. Absolutely. I mean, it's a pretty easy, easy pick. That yeah. I have to, I, We're always going to love fence. I have to like pace myself. Speaking of good pacing, mm. I never, I never have good pacing because I always want to read it first because yeah, I'm totally. so invested in the story. But I know that once I read it, every other book I'll be like, ah. I wish this was Fence. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just had 20 issues of Fence. And when this arc is done, I'm going to do a reread of, yeah. uh, of all the issues because I've just loved it so much. Totally. Cool. Well, I hope you've loved this episode of Serious Issues so much that you want to uh, 
Let me kick us a couple bucks on that Patreon. Get oh, yeah. get you some more soup. Guys, I'm so sick. <laughs> Uh, and of course, that's where you can find us. Uh, Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. You want to support us? We love the support and you get some bonus material uh, out of it, which is a, a win-win situation for all involved. Um, if you want to find us elsewhere, again, there is the Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast or on Twitter at Serious underscore underscore Issues um, or individually at Lev Dog or at Siobhan CBG. That's me. Uh, next week, Siobhan, what have we got? I don't even know. know. I did. There it is. There's my. There's my order. Um, we got something called Batman: Kings of Fear, which is a new mini series about Batman and Scarecrow. Um, there's a new Beast of Burden one shot. Um, okay. You like that series? Oh, I love Beast of Burden. Yeah. Wise, wise Dogs is the name of that one shot. Um, there is a second issue of that weird Robert Kirkman and um, Chris Fingo book, Let's Die Die Die. Oh yeah. Are we gonna continue with that one, maybe? Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, but the one that I think we were both the most excited about is uh, um, West Coast Avengers. Ah, who's doing that? It's our girl who is doing Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, Kelly Thompson. Kelly right. Thompson. Kelly Thompson's new book for Marvel. I'm going to whisper for the rest of the podcast. Is uh, West Coast Avengers. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other ones. Um, the Mega Man Master Mix series that I love so much gets its third issue. The awesome. Uh, is this like ASMR? Is it? I We're doing it end on the ASMR. Yeah. My voice, I'm not good at whispering. You know, I'm not very good at whispering. <laughs> I guess I am actually kind of good. <laughs> well, it's very weird. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Serious Issues. <laughs> and we'll be back next week and with more comics and more whispering. So, like we say every single week, be cool to each other <laughs> and stay out of the sun. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm sorry. I have a weird alter ego that only exists through whispering, and it's your fault you've unlocked him. He's the real bad guy. This is on you, Siobhan. He seems very creepy. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.